Ah, well, carry on with the theme, right? Fertility. It's a well-known problem, right? It's uh, a bit of an emotional roller coaster with wait times for sperm donations up over three years now. So one Aussie man is making it his mission to help Kiwi cu- uh, couples overcome the hurdles. Adam Hooper is from Perth, but he's announced a nationwide donation tour, dropping off his sperm samples to willing couples around New Zealand. He has fathered apparently 26 kids to date, and he's with us now. Adam, hello. Yeah, all right. Hello, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Adam. This is a bit crazy. What makes you do this? Well, look, um, basically I was, came across a couple that wanted sperm donation back in 2014, and it was a very taboo subject. And I thought, well, I've got my own two children, so I knew how special they were to me and how many people would love their own family, and and there wasn't many donors to choose from um, or find. And, you know, it's it's a taboo subject, and I thought, well, you know what? Why is it a taboo subject? Because I'm actually really proud to contribute to helping some families have children. And then I got mm-hmm. stuck into making my own community to increase the standards, uh, made the webpage, sperndonationworld.com, which uh, has all the information on how to do it in this way and uh, become a donor and find like-minded people in a community um, to get more information and go from there. All right, so are you coming over to New Zealand especially just for this? So I needed a holiday um, last year and mm. the world was shut down due to COVID and uh, New Zealand was the only one that was open to Australia. And I looked into New Zealand and saw a close neighbour uh, was had three-year waits. And some of these women now are like mid-30s, late-30s, and they can't, they can't wait three years to have a child. You know, they'll be, they'll be four years before they're actually holding a baby in their arms with this process. So, you know, it's sort of like found that, well, I could go there, have a family, and if I could speak on the media and show TV, inspire other men to donate, that would be um, fantastic. So uh, do, do they pay you for it? No, because, look, um, don't say people don't want to be seen like a product of someone making profit. Yeah. And... You know, so it's really about their psychology as well. You know, I don't want children growing up from my help saying that they were created because the donor wanted money. So, you know, that doesn't sit well with me. No, no, I fair enough. enough so, so you do it entirely for free? <laughs> I do it for free, yes. And then who pays for you to come to New Zealand? Are you paying for yourself? Well, as I said, it was going to be a holiday. I was going to say there's many places I've, I'd love to visit in New Zealand. And, yeah. uh, you know, and along the way, um, if I can... Spread the word, I guess, to uh, inspire other men in New Zealand to, you know, get out there and and help other people. Um, You know, it's a good thing. Like, I mean, it's like my children have met some of these donor-conceived people, um, these children, and they're best friends. They're they're half-siblings, right? Exactly. And we go out, um, say we went go to the water slides, we go to fairs and fates. Um, You know, it's – and they – I tell them, hey, do you want to catch up with them this weekend? Because the mothers organised it within their group. And um, we get invited and we come down and they love it. They, they all have a great time. So, Adam, is it weird to see kids that are not really your kids? I mean, they're your biological kids, but they're not your kids, but they look like your kids and you. Is that weird? I would say it's different. I mean, obviously, it's not normalised yet, especially in New Zealand. When I talk to people in New Zealand now... It's like talking back to, in Australia back to 2015. Yeah. We've come a long way now in Australia where it's quite normalised, where you know people talk on the street and say, I used Adam Hooper's community to have a child. Uh, so, you know, over in New Zealand, I'm probably getting the same uh, eyebrows raised currently, but that's what 
this is for. We plan to change that, break down that stigma. Adam, who who are the couples who approach you? Are they are they same sex couples um, who obviously need a male assistance, or, or are they predominantly um, heterosexual couples who have problems themselves? So a lot of the heterosexual market prefer to use a clinic because they don't want to meet the guy. The, the, yeah. the, the, um, you know, and a lot of them avoid clinic registration by getting pregnant and not coming into the clinic and registering it because they don't want to tell, you know, they're ashamed to tell their friends and family that the, you know, their child is not biologically their grandchildren. And so, you know, there's a big stigma towards this. So um, the heterosexual market is lacking in, in this. But yes, that single mothers by choice who have been unlucky in love, that haven't had that opportunity to uh, meet someone or is running out of time and they don't want to quickly have a relationship with just anyone and have a baby because they've seen all their friends have, you know, quick breakdowns and then an amicable, uh, you know, situations. Adam, um, are you at all worried about fathering so many children that your children accidentally end up with each other in relationships? Because, you know, like, I mean, you're not supposed to have too many siblings and half-siblings in one yeah, geographic so, yeah. area. Well, that's um, well. Look, that's the situation. Why, when I first looked into becoming a donor, mm-hmm. I naturally thought I had to go to a clinic. And when I looked into the clinic, that's when I realised that my children could walk past people on the street and not know who they are. So oh, but this I way they do know. Yes, everyone's in a group. As I said, we have okay. get-togethers. Are you good up. looking at um, it? <laughs> well, uh, look, I'd say I've got neutral features. So the mother would probably tend to. The children probably, I'd say, tend to look more like their mothers. Um, but you know, um, you look. Look, um, I don't. What's your think What's I'm... your best attribute? Like, are you smart? Are you strong? Are you athletic? Oh yeah, well, I go to the gym quite a bit and um, keep fit now these days. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, look, I would say I think it's more my, my, I think it's more my morals and values. You know, my personality in terms of they can see uh, I'm doing it for the right reasons, see that I'm caring, and you know, they want they probably want a child that's going to be um, similar to those qualities. Have you uh, seen look, the Netflix? Everyone's different. Every, have you Have you seen the Netflix yeah. documentary Our Father? Yeah, so that's that's a guy that, uh, you know, did it without consent. Why did he do uh, that, you do know? you reckon? I was having this debate with a friend of mine last night. Why did he do it? Well, look, I, you know, back then they didn't have frozen sperm. So it wasn't until the HIV um, pandemic happened that they had to freeze sperm and wait, put it in a freezer for six months and retest it. Yeah. So back then it was fresh sperm. And a lot of donors back then, you know, car broke down or they couldn't get in and ladies ovulating and there's no fresh sperm to to uh, help. Um, so then they go and uh, so he's, right, well, rather than send them home, he's got, you know, they're taking yeah. his medication as well and all that sort of stuff. And then also from there, I'm guessing he um, thought, well, no one predicted back then that there was going to be genetic testing and ancestry and all that out there. So... Um, I think the last known case of that happening was 2012 before Ancestry started really taking off. Yeah, that's interesting. So you think he did it for business, just to keep the business ticking. Adam, thank you. Uh, uh, Really fascinating. Adam Hooper, sperm donor.